0: what's going on guys and welcome back to the growing together podcast my name's is kaylin and i'm kyra and we're here to walk with you through life faith relationships and money today we're going to be talking about literal life or not life <laughs> is, that, is that funny
1: Not really. That kind
0: of goes, right? Yeah, it does. Guys, today we're going to be talking about abortion. Um, We live in Texas, as a lot of you guys know, and there was recently, or I mean, what I mean by recently is literally a week ago, there was an abortion law passed here that is pretty controversial, to say the least.
1: The heartbeat bill, right?
0: The heartbeat bill. And basically, it has outlawed abortions in texas after a certain period of time six weeks after a
1: heartbeat has been detected
0: after the heartbeat has been detected
1: which is before most people even know that they're pregnant
0: yeah six weeks Mm -hmm. we didn't even find out about you being pregnant within six weeks maybe right at six weeks yeah maybe so it's just crazy to think that If we had found, like literally the time that we had found out, it would have been too late.
1: By the time you take a pregnancy test and then you call the doctor's office, they do a blood test. By the time you even get to have your first um, ultrasound, normally they don't even like to do ultrasounds that early because it is so hard to detect a heartbeat. Right. So would you have to do an internal like ultrasound? I don't know.
0: Um, You know, people would say that since I'm a man, I don't even have a say in this. And I should just keep my mouth shut because men don't have ovaries and men don't have babies. But um, if you think that way, then this is not the podcast for you because I would hate for you to be so bothered by the opinion that you're about to hear right now. I would hate for you to have to endure the strong opinions that you're about to hear right now. So if you don't have the capacity for grace and the capacity for open-mindedness, then Now is your time to leave because we're about to jump right into it. But before we do, I'm going to go ahead and give a call to some folks that I would say have a strong point of view from our Instagram community. You know, we're going to have to figure out a way that we can all um, converse (laughs) together privately so that I could just call you guys up. Mm -hmm. But in preparation for this episode, um, a lot of different reasons why we're doing it this way. Well, one of the first is the fact that Kyra literally got sick. And I know you guys are like, oh my gosh, you guys are always sick.
1: Literally, (laughs) I didn't even want to post on my Instagram story that I got sick again because I didn't want anybody to come for me. But somebody was literally like, how are you sick? Like, how are you sick? And yet you're healthy. And I'm like, listen, health and a weak immune system, they're not the same thing. Okay. I would say I like I'm pretty healthy like I'm I mean I'm not like the most healthy person but yet somehow it just always comes for me so me and Carter were in bed together Carter loved it in case you're wondering he slept on Caitlin's side of the bed and was so happy about it he literally did not want to sleep in his own bed tonight thankfully it only lasted like 24 hours so now we're both fine
0: yeah they were both vomiting um but hey you lost seven pounds you know <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a good thing right there's oh a silver lining in this
1: that just literally exposed, like, what, water weight or what? I don't I, even know. But I don't know what it was. I had nothing in my system, let me tell you that.
0: But you cooked something today to uh, break your little vomit fast. Yeah, so bomb.
1: I saw this amazing recipe on Pinterest that I've been wanting to make for quite a bit it's basically baked oats. And okay, have you guys ever had like the little mug cakes that people try to put in the microwave? Okay, me and Clea made that uh, probably like a year ago, and it was not it. Like I, I don't like them. They taste so fake. Like it doesn't taste like a real cake to me, which really makes it not even worth it. I think I've also tried a brownie one, which also just did not taste good. Like it just doesn't taste right if it's not in the oven. So I thought, okay, I found this recipe on Pinterest for baked oats that you actually put in the oven. And I bought a like oven safe really tiny self-serve dish there's a specific name for it but I don't even know how to pronounce it and it was amazing if you guys want to try it it's already on my Pinterest so just go look at it it's already saved and it was so good it literally tastes like dessert but there's no sugar in it there's no flour and it actually tastes like really good so check it out
0: yeah it was smelling really good but I do I mean literally recording this episode on the day that you guys are listening to it so hashtag hard workers, hashtag not going to miss a week, hashtag we love doing this, and this is our favorite, uh, I guess, medium to talk to you guys.
1: Hashtag Kyra gets sick every time we have to record the
0: podcast. So literally, we started about five minutes ago, and it is 12 a.m. right now on the, what's today? The 8th, I think. It's the 8th? Yeah, it's the the 7th. It's It's the the 7th. So happy Bitcoin Day, guys. (laughs) Happy Bitcoin Day. Uh, Today is the official day that Bitcoin becomes legal tender in El Salvador. (laughs) And the reason that's important is because the laws that surround legal tender and things that can be used as currency are different than things that are just um, assets or are taxed as property. So really it kind of affects, I think, our tax laws here in the U.S. because right now the IRS is looking at Bitcoin, like it's a piece of property. So if you buy or sell it, or if you use Bitcoin as money or currency to purchase anything, then they're going to treat it as if you are selling the Bitcoin at the time of purchase. And then that's going to trigger some type of capital gains taxes. And depending on when you buy the Bitcoin, those capital gain taxes could be anywhere between you know 40% and 20%. So 40% if it's short-term capital gains, which is less than one year, and about 20% if it is a piece of property that you've been holding for over one year. So with Bitcoin being legal tender in El Salvador, then it's kind of uh, pressuring these other types of governments around the world to start looking at it not as property and more so as currency, in which case it wouldn't be taxed at a capital gains rate as it appreciates. So be on the lookout for that. Again, I keep telling y'all, maybe get a little bit of Bitcoin, maybe 1% of your net worth. Um, It's still largely speculative, but Kyra and I are pretty happy because as I was saying, a few weeks ago, we made a large investment in Bitcoin earlier this year. We immediately lost half of it (laughs) and it has since recovered and we are in the green and uh, it's going to keep appreciating and we're going to hold on to ours. We are going to huddle, hold on for dear life, but- Anyway, that's all for our updates this week. Now we got to get straight into it because I got some people um, hitting us up that have a lot to say. Right now, we are going to be speaking to Tiana, who, who apparently Hi. has some strong opinions on this new bill that was passed here in Texas. What's up? What's your name? Where you're from? And what you got to say about this? But
2: my name's Tiana, um, I'm from California. and I am a Christian, so I do want to, like, specify that before I, you know, go into my whole pro-choice thing. So I am a Christian. I've been saved since 2012. I used to, like, I've been to Bible school. I, went, I used to go to Calvary Chapel in Chino Hills. I went to Calvary Chapel in Spain. I've done missions. I've done the whole work. When I first got saved, I obviously was pro-life, and I even would, like, join ministries where I would be, you know, standing at the corner of Planned Parenthood and talking to other people about their choices and things like that. Um, not, not necessarily like holding up signs and yelling at people, but we were more gentle than that and definitely like just handing out pamphlets and just making sure people knew their, you know, they had choices, they had options and things like that. Right. So um, as I've you know, grown in my relationship with Christ and as I've just um, grown in my understanding of who God is, And God's heart, as far as my own personal revelation, um, I do. I don't even think Jesus is pro pro life, and that sounds bad. (laughs) But I truly believe. I feel like it sounds bad when you just say it because it's like, how is he not pro life when he literally like wants people to be saved and like all these good things? So I truly believe Jesus Himself is pro choice, mainly because He gives us the right to choose. And he himself wouldn't force, he doesn't force anything on us. God himself is more so like the gentle one, the one that, you know, will go after the one and he'll continue to like call out to you and things like that. But but everything we do is a choice. And he makes it very clear, even in Deuteronomy 30, that's my favorite scripture. Deuteronomy thirty nineteen, it says like, I set before you life and death, blessings and cursings, choose life so that therefore you and your grandchildren may live. Like God lays out the options and he wants you to choose. So to hear, you know, that people's options are being taken away, that to me doesn't sound like something that even God would stand for. Me being pro-choice doesn't necessarily mean I'm pro-abortion. I per- I particularly wouldn't get one, but that's my own personal like decision. But I'm pro other people's choices to decide whether or not they you know would get one because who knows? Like as Christians, a lot of times our next like rebuttal for the whole pro-choice, pro-choice, pro-life thing will be about, but just speaking up for the babies who can't speak for themselves. But in the Bible itself, like God tells us, you know, our real religion would be to defend the orphans, like the ones who are parentless. And to me, I just feel like it's really convenient to stick up for, you know, children who aren't here yet, meaning who haven't been born and which forces like the people, the vessels who are carrying them into silence, who knows like how they conceived, meaning it could have been rape. It could have been, you know, just who knows the situation. I think it's just real convenient to be able to speak up and protest on something that a lot of people wouldn't do themselves or don't stand for personally, but it just has nothing to do with, with you. It's like, if you're not for abortions, just don't get an abortion. But to take that right from someone else, I just don't think that's right. Especially with that particular law, it being like, oh, like after six weeks, like most people don't even find out they're pregnant. Like I'm pregnant right now with my second child. I'm one of the lucky, like it's almost shocking how early I find out I'm pregnant. Both times I found out I was four weeks. That's rare. Most people don't know until they're you know eight weeks or can't even be seen until
3: they're six to eight weeks.
0: Morally, are you saying that you're objecting to abortion? Like, you don't think that it's morally right. However, you don't think that just because it's morally wrong that it should be illegal?
2: Yeah, like, I think what it's one of those things. So I think a lot of people think God is just black and white. And there's there's plenty of gray areas. If, you know, I ended up pregnant as a teen and it was some, like, really weird scenario or crazy scenario, like, you know, that some people face, like, incest or something like that. I don't think I would bring the child into this world or, you know, I know someone whose child. Um, they had a chance, you know, there's people who like find out early on that their child may develop some type of, um, or have some type of, um, disease or something that won't like, they won't live long or while they're alive, maybe a year or whatever, they'll be tortured the whole time, pretty much just in pain the whole time. And they're given an option whether or not they want to give birth. There's, A lot of people who would, I personally think that's selfish. That's my own personal thing. Like, I wouldn't want to bring a child into the world knowing they're just going to suffer for a year and then die. But that could be my own immaturity, you know? So it's like, but that's my personal choice. And I have the choice to, like, you know, like, I feel the fact that it's like we fight so hard for our own personal freedom. But then we, at the same time, is so delusional to me that people fight hard for your own freedom and then want to strip someone else's away, if that makes sense. So like, that just doesn't make sense. I feel like it, if it's going to be an even, like it needs to be an even playing field, we're either free or we're not. <laughs> like you're either free to choose or you're not, but don't don't fight for, you know, especially in Texas, I mean, Texas, like they're, they fight hard about not getting vaccinated, not, you know, wanting to wear masks, like all these things. And, but then at the same time, you want to govern other people's bodies. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. It's delusional to me. Got I'm like, you. you're either all in or not.
0: All right. So you guys just heard Tiana's opinions and thoughts on, on uh, abortion. Uh, she was Hi. pro-choice. And now oh, we got Ty here on the phone. Welcome to the Growing Together podcast. We're here right now getting the opinions live. Ty, what, what do you got to say about this?
3: Um, for me personally, I'm just pro-choice. I've always like not been to other people's business. Uh, my parents are pro-lifers. I just think different situations call for different outcomes. So for people who are sexually assaulted or even people who dealt with incest or people can't even take care of their children, I think the main focus should be on, you know, building programs that can help children. Like once they are born rather than focusing on, oh, the baby's six weeks. It has a heartbeat and you're to this person to take care of a child who they they are financially unstable to even keep the child in the first place.
0: So you're not objecting to the fact that, that it is a baby that's in the womb? I guess that's a loaded question. No, you I'm that not objecting. Okay. Do you believe that it's a baby yes, in the
3: womb? I believe. Yes, I do believe it's a baby in the womb. But I think that it shouldn't be up to... Like the people who are making these laws are white men. I think it should be an outsource. If you're going to make laws like that, get women in the house. That
0: is an interesting argument. So are you saying that men probably shouldn't be speaking too much on issues of reproductive rights and things like abortion?
3: Yeah. I mean, if that's the case, then focus on men getting vasectomy. Me. That's just my belief. So, um, so
4: from the different um, for everybody.
0: From the moral standpoint, are you saying, um, hey, I understand that it's a baby in the womb. However, if this baby is born, this woman, this woman's life will, you know, be affected. So we'd rather not have this baby born, even if it is a person. And yeah, it's just kind of complicated. It's not black and white.
3: Yeah, no, it's not black and white. Like, even for me, I would never get an abortion. That's just me. I laid down. I did it. (laughs) I have to take responsibility. But I'm also in a place where I can take care of my responsibilities, for other people, it's not like that, so and is it's it, actually it were circumstantial, though. No, it's not always circumstantial. Yeah, no, but that's other people's choices. Other people right. were raised differently, so I just think it's a lot of nosiness going on. Not everybody is a Christian. You can't force your beliefs onto somebody else.
0: So, at what at what point do you step in and intervene for those who can't speak for themselves or who can't advocate for themselves? Because if it is in fact a baby that's in the womb, then shouldn't we as, you know, rational adults be advocating for that person's rights to life?
3: So you're saying advocating for the baby in the womb? Yeah. That's, I mean that's-
1: advocate for the voiceless, literally.
3: Okay. Well, here's the thing, right? I have been to Planned Parenthood, but it was just to get a birth control shot. Just mm-hmm. something like that. That and there's people outside. It was a complicated place to find. And there's people outside like, you can go to this place. Why are you going there? Like, I'm not even here for an abortion. And they're not even focusing on, you know, the programs. I'm saying, yeah, you can be a pro lifer, but what are you doing like once the baby is here? There's no talk of programs. And those people are usually the ones that's voting like to cut benefits in the government. So,
0: Yeah. It's really the difference between being pro-life and pro-birth. Like, do you just want people to have babies or are you going to actually support the moms that are giving birth to these children that y'all say y'all want so much? Are you going to actually adopt the baby that you say you're going to adopt? So if that was the case, then why are there so many babies that need to be adopted? Why are there so many moms that can't get the benefits that they need? And why is everybody so Quick to try and reduce the benefits and call people lazy and you know call people out of their names for all that stuff. I totally get what you're saying. Hey, I appreciate you sharing your opinion on that. Oh man, Kyrie, you was about to say something. No I wasn't You got you got some stuff you want to uh so say? All right now, no. So we got Janelle here on the podcast. I'm um, kind of calling on a late notice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other people had a lot to say, and we wanted to give everybody you know their their, their time to speak. Uh, Janelle, we will blot out your name if you want to stay anonymous, but right now we are talking about abortion and kind of where we stand on that. I know it's a tough subject to speak about, but you reached out and you said you got a strong point of view on it and we want to hear it.
3: Well, it's, it is a different, It's like it is a sticky situation to, to give an opinion on, um, just because it concerns a lot of people depending on who you're thinking about. Um, But I said that I was pro-choice. And I say that because when deciding or when thinking about a life and what it takes to bring that life into existence and into fruition, um, or even before that, what it takes to make that life and the responsibility that those acts hold in creating a life, um, and then those that follow after if that life is to be created. um, The decision for to have or not to have the baby in question, because if you're having this conversation, there is a baby in question, right? So I guess my my stance would be or is rather I am a woman. So Every woman might not even have the same opinion, but if I'm to speak on what I believe as a person, as a female, um, I I would say that to feel that pre- that pressure of outside opinions on what is okay for me to do or not do concerning my health, my mental health, my well being, the toll that creating a life might take on my body to know that there are people that would put me in jail or sue me or arrest me for that granted i don't live in a state where that is a cause but um as you said on your live stream with certain bands that were created recently over the last week in texas and such like that's kind of scary as a woman if i lived in texas that would be scary Um, Just because you never know what kind of situation you'll find yourself in. You can't ever say what kind of turn life may take. You know, there are people who are rape victims who don't want to have a child that they never intended to have with a person they never intended to have a child with. But that happens. And then to not be able to be allowed resources to take care of problems that you didn't perceive yourself having. Um, not to say that all life isn't worth something or all life isn't meaningful because it is. It is a gift. It's a gift from God. I believe that wholeheartedly and entirely. Um, but I don't think that anyone should impose or force someone into a course of action um, regardless of who they are or what gender they are. It could be man or female making these well, laws. That doesn't matter. Um, I just feel that we should all have that autonomous choice of what happens to our bodies and that shouldn't be legislated by some law that people make up in our room in, in 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 offices to dictate how people will live their lives. That's that's where that's where I stand and that's why I'm protest
0: Do you have any moral or ethical issues with the stance that you're taking, or is it just, Hey, I understand that it's a a little iffy, but you know, there's a gray area here and, you know, people just need to have the choice to do whatever they need to do or what's going to be, you know, best for them. Do you have any, like, so you said that, you know, these babies are a gift from God. So I'm assuming that you believe that life starts either at conception or closely after, or within that six weeks that, I uh, know, especially the law here in Texas, um, would allow for abortion. So, are you submitting that that it is a baby in there? And if so, at what point is it life?
3: Um. Well, I don't. I don't study medicine. Um, I wish I did, <laughs> um, but I don't. Um, I am a, a faith believer. I, I believe in God. And if we're speaking about what I would do, I can't say that I would abort. But that doesn't make me any less pro-choice. That's just my choice to not abort, if that makes sense. I feel it does. Um, I just feel that all people should have that choice if they should need it. Now, that's also going overboard and to say, like, don't get crazy with it and use as a sense of, you know, contraceptives, because then it's like, well, you do have other options to, you know, not be in those situations, whether that's abstaining altogether, or getting you some kind of birth control, or maybe even getting a surgery to fix yourself up, if that's not, you know, something that you want to do. But um, I, as far as like, how long into, you know, the pregnancy, you would consider the life to be born, or there to be life. If you're talking technically or or, um, scientifically, um, I think they're going by the heartbeat. Um, But then at the same time, someone who's dying, if they're brain dead, they can still have a heartbeat, but then you can still pull a plug and it's not a problem. So I'm kind of like, okay, well, at what point is deciding who gets to live and who doesn't get to live? Okay. Because someone who's brain dead lived life. Okay. But then are we considering the life that the baby would have? Should they open their eyes outside of the womb? You know, there's just a lot of different things that go into it, I feel. And it's just, it's never an easy answer. So it is a great area. Um, there's no, there's no right way to think or wrong way to think or right thing to say or wrong thing to say. It's just one of those things. <laughs> People have their opinions and probably no one will ever agree wholeheartedly down to a fine point. And that's okay because we're all different.
1: All
0: right. So now we are on the call with Tia. Tia, you look so familiar. Have we spoken before? <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, I've been on your live a few times yep. in the comments.
0: But <laughs> Maybe I'm Never, so used to seeing you know. your profile picture. But hey, we got Tia here. We are talking all things abortion. We have had uh, three other um, women of color, black women, black queens on here uh, speaking <laughs> about you know, their opinions, all of them have been pro-choice and they have brought some heat, uh, some things that have been really insightful for us. And now we have another one that is going to share what her opinions are.
5: Okay. So my main opinion on why I am pro-choice, um, it's mostly because they're not including women who have been raped or incest and, I just don't think it's okay for someone else to make a rule and a law about someone else's body. And especially if a woman has gone through some sort of abuse or incest or something like that, they should definitely have the option to say, no, I'm not going to go through with this pregnancy or what have you. And that's my main reason why I am pro-choice. But also, just in general, it's your body and you have to decide, you know, what you want to do going forward. Now, you did make the choice to lay down and do the deed, but in the end, you're the one who has to make the decisions on raising that child and going forward. And if it doesn't fit with the plan that you want for your life, then you should make that choice on it.
0: Hey, is she stutter? Oh. I, I didn't hear a stutter. I was just not trying to make sure that, uh, that, y- that y'all didn't hear a stutter. So I, I got to follow-up because I've asked everyone pretty much the same follow-up questions. Do you have an okay. ethical, um, like how are you coming to this this conclusion? Is it just from an ethical position? Is it from moral? Is it just because, I mean, both of the choices kind of suck for uh, either the woman or the baby, arguably the baby, depending on, you know, if you think that life starts at whatever Point in time it does how do you get to the choice that you made is it ethical is it moral is it just like hey this is the lesser of all the evils
5: um I feel like I got to my decision um more so ethical um I feel like hmm, I'm not really sure um it just like
0: it's like you can have your personal convictions because whether or not yeah. you get abortion is not what we're talking about and obviously you don't have to share yeah. that but you're just like okay i have my personal convictions but that doesn't necessarily mean that we should govern the whole country based off of what i think right yeah so i agree yeah you could be personally um pro-life but say hey people got their choices to do whatever they want to do
5: yep okay that's but- definitely how i feel
0: that makes sense. So my last question to you would be, at what point do you think it's necessary to step in and advocate for those who can't advocate for themselves?
5: Um, I think it's, I think at, from, from the start, like, um, in, in any situation where someone isn't able to advocate for themselves, I feel like from, from that moment, um, somebody should be able to step in uh, for them.
0: Okay, so based off of you saying that, you said from the start and then for them. So from the start, I have a follow-up question, which would be, what do you mean by that? You mean like when they're born, when they're conceived, and then when you use the pronoun them- are you speaking about are you speaking about a human a person that's alive that's born that's been doing things because i'm really trying to differentiate between why it's okay to advocate for people that are living and just maybe in like a situation that's unfortunate and a baby or not a baby so yeah
5: so from reading um the laws um basically it said that from the point where a woman is six weeks would be where she can no longer be able to have an abortion. And reading that, um, usually that's two weeks missed period. And it says that there's a beat, but it's an actual heart is not formed yet. So I feel like from that point, I feel like they're not fully, you know, like they're forming, but they're not fully, you know, a human being as of yet. They as in and
0: who? it or the that? child, the
5: child. Yeah. What are
0: you calling? Why are you calling <laughs> the, it a child? Call it it. The <laughs> no, forming, I get you. the
5: forming. We won't do <laughs> the semantics The stuff, forming baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like the forming baby, you know. They're not, you know, fully there yet. So I feel like it's still in the mother's court to be able to, you know, say uh, yes or no. I feel like once, you know, that baby is fully formed, um, then definitely, you know, then it comes to, are you really going to, you know, just let this child life, you know, not matter anymore, or what have you. But I feel like before, you know, that time, because usually a woman doesn't find out if she's pregnant or not until around that six week to eight week uh, mark, and it could be even a little bit later. Um, So I feel like, you know, putting the line at six weeks is way too early to just say that a woman can't make that decision anymore whether she wants to keep this pregnancy or, or not keep it.
0: It's it's a, it's a (laughs) sticky situation. Um,
5: No, it is sticky. And I'm a religious person too, but I just, I feel, I feel like it just, you know, a woman needs to make the decision for her own body. And it's not even just your body anymore. It's what, you know, a child can change your life. So also, you know, making sure that
0: you're ready for those steps. Hey, Tia, we appreciate your perspective on this. Um, this is literally the Grown Together podcast, so none of us have it together. None of us have all the answers, and the only way that we can really get to uh, a better worldview, I would say, is hearing more perspectives, even if they're contrary to what we might believe. So I appreciate you sharing that, Tia. Um, Thank I'm gonna you. I'm going to do one last call, and then... Kyra and I are going to give our opinions on this.
1: This week's podcast is sponsored by Olive in June. I'm very excited about this one. Olive in June helps you create salon quality nails at home. I personally have the Manny system and the petty system and you guys I'm not going back to anything else it works so amazing but today we're specifically talking about the Manny system it comes with all the tools you possibly need in one box it also includes a poppy which is a patented brush handle that makes it super easy to paint with both of your hands literally before my nails would look so bad when I tried to paint them at home but now it literally looks like I got my nails painted at an actual salon it turns out so amazing I even and got my sister hooked on it. She always asked to borrow my polishes and all of my other Olive and June tools. We are just obsessed with it. I highly suggest the Olive and June Manny system because you can also get it with six polishes and it breaks down to just $2 a Manny, which is just amazing. I literally used to spend like at least 60 to $70 getting my nails done. So this makes it a lot easier, more affordable, and also a lot quicker than going to a salon, waiting to get my nails done, and then the drive back home. If you guys follow me on Instagram, instagram you know i'm absolutely obsessed with olive and june and i have been for months and now getting beautiful salon perfect nails at home is now a dream come true with olive and june and you guys can visit oliveandjune.com slash growing and use code growing for 20 percent off your first Manny system this is an exclusive offer you can only get here that's o-l-i-v-e-a-n-d-j-u-n-e dot com slash growing code growing for twenty percent off your first Manny system oliveinjune dot com slash growing code growing.
0: Hey Naomi.
5: Hey
4: man.
0: Welcome to the Growing Together podcast. Right now, we're doing a segment. We're speaking about abortion, and I told the last person that they were the last person that we were going to have on. I was going through my DMs again and I saw an essay right there and I was like, okay, <laughs> yep, She got something to say. <laughs> so we going to oh, let okay. her speak uninterrupted. What's your perspective on this? What do you know about this Texas abortion law? Do you live here? Like, what do you think about all this?
4: Well, yeah, I actually go to school in Houston, Texas. I go to Texas Southern University and I'm originally from Indiana. So it's kind of the same way in Indiana as far as abortion goes. But for me, I just, like I said in the DM, I feel like it's just sad to see um, the way people think as far as others are concerned. I feel like there's just not a lot of grace um, for others um, when they're put in like just bad situations that none of us want to be in. Um, But yeah, I just feel like I believe that God gave us free will out of love and we need to just have that same mentality and grace for others, even if that's not personally our choice like i wouldn't have an abortion you know either way if i was in that situation in a bad situation like i would not have an abortion but that's my belief i can't force my belief on someone else
0: right so you're you're basically i mean saying i mean you have your own personal beliefs but it's not <laughs> right to try and enforce that on the whole country yeah wow yeah. That, that's literally like the main argument that people are making um a lot of people have their personal convictions and i th- i'd say that they're being intellectually honest and wanting to hold to them um and really they just believe in free will and free choice and they want people to be able to do what they want to do so my natural follow up yeah. question to everyone it's not just you has been at what point do we start to advocate for and speak up for people who can't speak up for themselves um Because if they're implicated by someone else's choice, meaning like specifically if they're harmed by someone else's choice and some would go as far as to say murdered by someone else's choice, then is it our job to advocate for them and to protect them? Or is it just such a gray area that it's just like, fam, it's a lose-lose situation. It's literally a catch-22. How do you rationalize that? Is it ethically? Is it morally? Is it... Just ah, got to choose between one of them, and I just landed here.
4: Yeah, I think for like us as believers in Christ, we're so socially responsible, you know, in the culture that we live in, um, to be able to say and to stand out in in topics like these, and to say, well, I can be one way, but I can still care about the other and see their side and see their point of view. So I feel like if they're gonna put a band, which they already have. Implemented, and then they they need to put some institutions to help support those people who are looking for a way out. Because right now, it's like you took the only option that most people see, like away from them, and that can create hopelessness. So we need to bring back hopeless like hope into the situation. Like let's let's have better foster care because the foster system sucks. We need to also help and support those children who are, you know, developed in those. Um, bad situations and who came from just bad home environments. We need to help support those women and those children and those families as a whole.
0: Literally saying keep that same energy. Don't just yeah. be pro-birth. Don't be a birther. You need to keep that same energy. If you're pro-life, then you need to make sure that you know the institutions are there to help provide for the people that are in situations that they even have to think about that. Because yeah. statistically, people who can afford children aren't necessarily thinking about that. But no, I mean, yeah. it's just tough because yeah. so many different situations. And I heard, you know, one of the women who was speaking earlier was just saying, um, you know, we don't want to use it as like birth control. Like we don't want people going like all willy nilly about it. But I was just kind of thinking right. like, what is the logical conclusion to someone's choice and free will? Like if we are pro-choice or if one is pro-choice, Why does it matter? You know what they end up choosing if there's nothing like morally or ethically wrong with it. Like, why does there have to be a limit there? So this is something I'm going to be pondering myself. It's not kind of just rhetorical question. I'm not really asking you. If you have any comments on it, I would love to hear it. But if not, then we appreciate your time. And I guess Kyra and I (laughs) got we got give our opinion now, which is a lot easier now that uh... (laughs) we've. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much to Naomi for. Given her perspective, um, I think that will probably do it now. Uh, we've heard from four different black queens, and I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't a little biased. I really did want to hear from black women about this issue because I'd say that it's been disproportionately affecting black women, and the way that it affects black women is disproportionately bad. I've been seeing the marketing that's been towards black women in the black community, You see it on billboards. And from both sides, you're kind of getting two different arguments. On the pro-life side, you say they're targeting black women and it's literally a genocide happening right before our eyes because black babies are getting killed disproportionately. On the other side, you hear pro-choicers saying that babies limit women economically, socially, whatever, and women have not had rights for so long that it only makes sense that they should have the choice to choose what is going to be a stumbling block for them, what is going to hold them in bondage, and what is ultimately going to keep them from being free and exercising the rights and the choices that they, they haven't had for so long. So I think I'm understanding where both sides are coming from. Kyra, based off of what you've heard, do you have any comments?
1: Oh my gosh. Or that commentary? Was a lo- not y'all also, not y'all answering the phone at one in the morning. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, for sure nobody's gonna answer. But I well, got time for this. Uh, I think the one thing that, probably really bothered me a lot was, um, just basically the idea that as women, if we want to protect ourselves, then, okay, let's go, you know, um, get on birth control. Let's go get our tubes tied. Let's go make it to where we can't be like, okay, if we were to be raped, okay, now we're already rapes like now we're already victims of rape, but to make sure that we don't have to even think of the idea of having an abortion, let's go get put on medication or make it to where we won't get pregnant. If we did happen to be a victim of that, like, like
0: literally, Oh, let's pump my body with hormones and throw like, everything off. Let's so not
1: rape women. Let's right. not sexually assault us. Like let's not make it to where we even like, no, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that to have to protect myself. Like how about men? Focus on protecting women.
6: Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on, err on the side of personal responsibility, um, extreme personal responsibility. And I just want to dissuade anybody from raping anybody with very strong laws. And it goes both ways. So I think that men who rape women should be castrated. And I kind of say that tongue in cheek because I haven't done enough research biblically to even know if that's right or wrong or anything, but it just seems like a, a good incentive to not go do something stupid like that. Again, this is tongue in cheek. This is kind of a joke and I don't necessarily know the implications of that. I'm going to add a little bit of perspective here. Um, say so I'm playing the devil's advocate, but I want to provide some counter arguments because I actually wasn't expecting every person that spoke to be pro choice. Um, Normally you think in a quote Christian audience that everybody's going to be pro-life, but apparently not in ours because it's mostly (laughs) women and they're mostly black and, (laughs) you know, they're all ready to, you know, have your options and choices. But for me as a black man, again, I have to say that because in this world of identity politics, um, you got to announce it and that could either qualify you or disqualify you from conversations again, kind of a joke, but it's kind of true. I have to say that I look at this from a very logical point of view and I just try and make it as simple as I can. Dare I say black and white? It's kind of crazy trying to make something black and white. That's not necessarily black and white, Mm -hmm. but I look at this in a deductive reasoning way. and What that means is there's going to be a certain amount of premises that I make that if one is true, then one leads to two. If two is true, then two leads to three. And if three is true, then three leads to a conclusion. I repeat, one leads to two, two leads to three, three leads to the conclusion. And this is how I do it. It's a moral argument. It's not ethical. It's not choosing between the lesser of any evils. I say, "Hmm, someone wants to talk to me about abortion. I say, okay, we're talking about abortion. What is abortion? Abortion is the termination of a pregnancy. Okay, what is a pregnancy? A pregnancy is what happens in a sperm, come together, fertilize an egg, and then at conception, I would say life starts. A pregnancy begins. So I believe life starts at conception. And if that's true, and a woman is pregnant, then one can make the case As follows, I would say murder is wrong. Absolutely, unequivocally wrong. No justification for it whatsoever. It is wrong. That is premise one. Premise two is the definition of murder. What is murder and what is it not? So, for the sake of this argument, we're going to qualify and define murder as the deliberate killing of human life. The deliberate killing of human life. Premise three abortion always involves the deliberate killing of human life. Therefore, the conclusion. Abortion is wrong. Now, since this is the Growing Together podcast, I would love an incredible amount of grace because this is the type of conversation that you have when you want to get canceled. But I'm not having this conversation with any fueled intentions. In fact, I've been spending most of this day listening to counter arguments to the argument that I just presented. People that reached an entirely different conclusion than that. Because I want to be convinced. I want to know. I want to understand and empathize with people who think differently than that case that I just made. I'm not trying to be a Bible thumper, although I do believe every decision should land on the cornerstone that is the Bible. I think that this one is pretty clear cut morally. And you can make the argument for some type of subjective morality where everybody just thinks differently. But if that's the case, how can we have any law and how can we have any justice? If we can't have any objectivity then we can't judge. And if we can't judge, then what are we even talking about? If we can't judge because there's no moral absolute, there's nothing objective then all y'all who are mad about what I just said, you can't even be mad because that is just my opinion. And it is just as valid as yours if everything is relative. But now I'm going to ask everyone to be just a little bit more intellectually honest than we usually are. This is not an argument that we're trying to have to be one. No one is trying to score points. In fact, no one even knows if you're listening to this podcast and Kyra and I are here recording this at one in the morning. So I ask you, where did I stutter? Where am I wrong? Where's the flaw in my argument? Where did I straw man? Where's the fallacy? And with grace to my sisters who just spoke, I've got to say, no one really constructed an argument that wasn't so based on feelings. It wasn't based on, I feel like, or I think, and yeah, your feelings are valid and your opinions are valid and your thoughts are valid. but like, where do we land when someone tries to prove our argument invalid? And that's exactly what I would say I'm doing. Arguments only exist to be proven valid or invalid by definition. And in order to get to whether or not an argument is valid, you have to go through this deductive reasoning. And at every point in every single one of these conversations, when you ask, when do we advocate for the life? When do we advocate for those who cannot speak for themselves? It's either radio silence or um, uh it's sticky, it's iffy, and I get that. I get it and I feel it too. Like, I feel it. I feel it so much. I almost want to say it myself, but the intellectual honesty stops me because when we make assertions and we make claims and we establish our worldview on these premises, we have to follow them to their logical conclusion. I know what I'm saying isn't popular, but I believe that murder is wrong. And I believe the definition of murder is the the deliberate killing of human life. And I don't hear any good arguments that convinces me that when an egg and a sperm fertilize, that that is not human life. We're talking different DNA. We're talking heartbeats.
1: Yeah, I saw actually a little infographic basically saying that, Um, The weeks after a mother's last menstrual period. So between two to three weeks is when it's conception and also the unique human DNA is formed between weeks four and five organs are developing heartbeat begins week eight hands feet and neural pathways and brain developing week nine thumb sucking thumb sucking opening and closing jaw week 10 vital organs developed and functioning and obviously the baby just keeps growing from there
6: and it just hits different now you know that we got kids and I've yeah, been through it, that yes. process. Like, I remember figuring out eight weeks. I remember figuring mm-hmm. out five, six weeks. And then going through that whole process, looking at the videos on YouTube, pregnancy week by week. You couldn't tell me that that was not no baby.
1: And I'd never, spe- like, speaking of abortion, I had never actually, like, I obviously knew what an abortion was. Like, you're terminating a pregnancy. But I never actually knew what doctors have to do to follow through on an abortion. If you've never looked or never read about it, you should. It's really hard to stomach. I honestly clicked out, like I've clicked out quite a few times in just videos I've seen um, because it, oh my gosh, like it really, it just makes my, tum- my stomach turn so much. But it's worth it to know what it's actually implying and what it actually is.
6: Yeah. Um, a human being is being mutilated. A totally indefensible human being that hasn't even had a chance to live is being mutilated
1: at certain, like be, when you get an abortion at certain weeks, they literally have to take the baby out piece by piece, crush the skull. And then it's, it's just bad.
6: But with all that being said, I'm not here to try and convince anyone. Um, I'm here to share different opinions with folks. I don't even know if the people that would subscribe to the argument that I just laid out would are are even listening at this point. I don't know if they even made it because people love to be in echo chambers. We love to surround ourselves with opinions that form this confirmation bias, this groupthink that doesn't contradict what we already believe and further roots us in what we already think and believe and we're taught we don't hear contrary opinions and how can you grow that way? You can't even though I think that it's totally, like logically, morally, I just don't think that there's an argument there, and I'd rather not play the game of uh, semantics and using a, a, a euphemisms to not use the word mar- murdering a baby and calling it "oh, it's just a clump of." I'm, I'm not getting into all that. Not getting into that. I still understand the counter argument. And the best way to do that is to try to argue the other side's case. Like, okay, that's why I always ask, what made you get there? What do you think about this? And I won't even interrupt you. And then I try to argue from your point of view so I can really understand you. And then I ask you, hey, is this how you would say it? And if they say yes, okay, then I got it. And this is just one of those things where uh, people are just going to have to agree to disagree with grace because – whether or not I agree with those women, whether or not they agree with whatever my opinion ends up being on this, because I'm still formulating it. If you haven't noticed, I'm I'm still hearing counter arguments and different things that would contradict what I might believe. As soon as I get there, I will let y'all know. But yeah, I, I get it. Um it's it's one of those things where it's just gonna be hard. Um it's a catch twenty two. Especially in the exceptional cases. But one thing that bothers me is when we try to use the exceptions to make the rule. When literally no other place we do that. Like that's not how you govern. And that's not how you make rules. You don't make rules by the exception. You make rules by the majority. So in cases like abortion where, oh, rape, incest, all this stuff, it's happening very i don't want to say negligible percentages because that would you know dismiss dismiss these horrible things but we're talking like probably less than five percent so even if from a pro life argument we said okay we're willing to meet you halfway and give up some ground what if we only said we'll allow abortions in rape and incest would it be okay then? No. Because people, the logical conclusion of the pro-choice argument, I believe, is using abortion as birth control. And quite literally, I think people who are actually being intellectually honest would say that is exactly what they mean. Abortion is birth control because they believe oh, abortion is health care and they believe that health care is a human right.
1: Yeah, I think it's the choice to do whatever you want with what, what, what's available.
6: And that's why I just don't believe we'll ever see eye to eye because I just, <laughs> come on guys, we can't live that out because if we live that out, then everybody's going to be going willy-nilly. Literally, what is justice? Do you only apply that to women's reproductive rights? Or could we also apply that to everything else that people just want to do? that affect other people. But in their defense, they, they, the people who are being intellectually honest, first, and they understand at the very core of their argument, they have to do away with the humanity. And if they can do that, if they can reduce that life to a clump of sales or whatever, then they've set up premise number one that can follow into number two and three and ultimately land at the conclusion that they should be pro-choice and it's okay because it doesn't affect anybody. And if this unwanted child, unwanted clump of sales is born, then it's only going to be affecting the woman. But you got to do away with humanity. Or if you're even more intellectually honest and just honest, you could say, hey, it's a baby, but this baby ain't wanted and I don't care how it was conceived, the baby got to go. I love people who will just say that's,
1: that. Yeah, that's what I appreciate about the people that came on tonight. Yeah.
6: If you if you think that, just say it's so refreshing. I won't agree with you ever. But we can break bread. We can talk. We can have grace. That's what this podcast is all about. Growing together no matter where you come from, no matter what you think, no matter what you believe. We can all learn something from each other. Do you feel pressed right now? I don't feel pressed at all. Oh, not at all. At all. And this is why I'm so flabbergasted. Because I feel like I found out about the abortion law with Texas and everything way after everybody. And I saw on Twitter everybody was going crazy and people text me, hey, what's it like there? And I'm just like, what is everybody freaking out about? But then again, I'm more moderate and I'm more of a libertarian. So it's like, I, I just see where people are coming from now, i disagree but hey anything else i'm good well let us know what you guys think um hopefully the audio from the people that called in isn't too bad if it is then we'll have to fix that it sounded <laughs> the fine next time me. um i really do want to get you guys in the audience way more involved in the podcast in the future. Let me know what you guys think about the uh, little segments of hearing the audience speaking their piece and saying what they're going to say. If You guys want more of that? Let me know. Maybe we won't do so much. Maybe we'll limit it to like one or two people in the future about certain topics. But today's was just so important. And in light of being a man talking about abortion, I figured that I shouldn't be the one that is speaking the most. So glad we got to hear from Black queens out there! If you guys have listened this far and you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you subscribe. We need one thousand reviews. We are so close. We're at nine hundred and forty-one. I think we can get it before the next podcast. That's
1: impressive. You think? I, that's pretty impressive to me.
6: Yeah, I'm impressed. I didn't think that they was really rocking what it was like. That it may <laughs> may not be after this episode, but <laughs> we're gonna see. Hey guys, we really appreciate y'all. um Y'all, thank you so much. Thank you for your opinions. Thank you for your perspectives guys are just continually growing our mind and our worldviews and we are forever grateful for you anyway thank you guys so much for hanging with us and as we always
0: say let's let's keep keep growing growing together. together